Listen, I don't have much time, but do you feel like you're going out of your gourd? Are you, do you have the cabin fever? Have you run out of Netflix to watch? If, has the thought occurred, hey, you know what? I can make funny stuff. I've been watching TikTok. I've been watching all the social networks and seeing what kind of creativity is coming out. I could create that. Hey, you know what? I wish they made a podcast about this. Well, you know what? You can make your own podcast. Go to anchor.fm. Go to it, please, right now. Make your own podcast. It's the lazy person's way to make stuff. You can make little segments. Uh, you could put music on there, found sounds, babies laughing, neighbors throwing frisbees, uh, uh, your friends playing guitar. Ah, it's so good. Anchor.fm. Please get this and find me. Inspirato Projecto. Let's be friends. Okay? Anchor.fm. The dream was fragments. We saw. Uh, I, I talk a little, but after see, it's, it's you uh, making. So these the are the questions. These are the questions. No, but, but no. The, I can hold this if you want, and yes. then I can ask you the questions. It's yes, uh, a little ideas. Yeah. Well, I like on, this. On oh, I see. Okay. I made it for two years. Okay, just gotcha. Buzz, just, I don't know. It's very correctly. Um, oh, written. this is good. I like this. I like this. It's Google Translation. I like it. Yeah. This is great. This is great. I like you have an idea. When I saw your film, I liked that idea. The, the, um, yeah, it was. It was like a manifestation of reality. It was like we're yes. dreaming it into existence. And meanwhile, the guy's just out there with his... Yes, because he, uh, he dreamed, uh, uh, he dreamed his, this Nebula, and this Nebula, it's real. It's uh, very cool. After. Because uh, the dream is very intense. Uh, oh yeah. And uh, it was uh, uh, it was a dream in a dream, but uh, it's me uh, dreaming this. Uh, so this you're the thing. dreamer of the, the of the of the guy who's dreaming of the exactly. thing. Exactly. And then exactly. then it all comes back but right back real. around. It's real. I dream this. Really? Scene. That's yes, great. And after I. I thought I can make uh, a short uh, with this, and uh, it's, I made it. <laughs> That's great. Have you seen it on but the big I, screen yet? I, I, no, uh, it's uh, here. It's the first festival. Oh, that's because, so cool to hear. It's, uh, it's very recent. I finished, I finished it, this film in uh, uh, August, and uh, you are the first festival. This is so cool. It was um, chose in another two festivals after. Oh, gotcha. But, uh, I wanted to, to come here. Before because, Jellyfish, uh, how cool. So, uh, is this going to be your first time seeing it on a screen? Uh, this is so cool. Because I, I saw it only uh, in different laptops. Of, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, in the, um, yeah, and when you have your headphones on, it sounds much different than when you're in a theater and <laughs> coming at you from all over. I made in another film, um, Lights Memory, and it was in a festival in London, and uh, it was in a, in a, a very, very big... Uh, oh, the, the very big screen? Screen, oh, yeah. exactly, and I was very impressed. Oh, that's because, good. Uh, and where are you guys from? Where'd you come out from? Paris. All the way from Paris, Paris to be here. Oh, wow, what a joy. <laughs> this is so cool. You guys came all the way out here from <laughs> Paris, man. One of our... Um, 
one of our uh, one of the guys who puts this film festival together. He he speaks French, so when he gets here, I'll have him uh, have you know so ah, have you guys he's talk. Great, huh? He's great. Yeah. This is well. Thank you so much. Do you, do you need a um, a program or anything? We have. Oh, you we got have, a program? Yes, okay. We have, but I'll take another. Uh, oh, for sure, here. for sure. I'm gonna see what these guys are doing next. But thank you so much. This is awesome. <laughs> Those guys are from Paris. So when Jacques shows up, we gotta have him talk French. Have yeah, he's actually doing a PR thing, and then he's coming. Oh, that is great. Hey, man, I'm Kurt. Nice to meet you. Oh, AJ. Great AJ, nice to meet you. Wait, which uh, films did you do again? Stay and Color the Camille. Oh, those are great. Those are great, man. Those are cool. I like how artistic, how poetic they are. Thank you. I'm so stoked to be here. Thank you for being here. Was that, is this your first time seeing your stuff on the screen? Oh, no. No, I've been, uh, been pretty lucky. <laughs> sorry, I'm about to go oh, yeah. Oh, so, so sorry. I don't want to interrupt you guys. Go ahead and talk to I just wanted to tell you. In case you ever are trying to do that kind of stuff, your best bet is to reach out to schools, film students, and they all just want to get their name on projects, so they may even do stuff for you for free, so you don't have to pay out, because um, that's how I originally started out, going to, like, the uh, one in San Francisco, I can't remember, it's, it's art something, but it's like a, it's a film, like a, they do all kinds of things. Every time I even get stuff up there, there were smaller stuff, that's what I did. So the best bet, when you're looking for any help, these kids, and they have some of them have a And they're excited about using their skills. They're yeah. so excited. It's like they're, yeah. they got well, their engines running. having a hard time finding I mean, people, and he did a lot of stuff I, I did everything myself. In all those movies, I did all the lighting, camera work. Incredible. Sound. Yeah, I did I, I, the, the color correcting. I did incredible. The, the credits are AJ Tedesco done. That's outside of the, the acting that or singing. That's I did everything. Wow. <laughs> and it's crazy, especially when you embark on that quest to do like not only to learn one skill, but then to learn three or four of these brand new things. You're like, oh my gosh. So, so the was, first festival I went to was the Stella Adler one. Oh, cool. And my daughter was watching the movie credits and all the other ones are like pages, and she's like, why is yours just like that? <laughs> like, because I'm poor. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, they had like craft services on some of it. Oh mean, yeah. Things, and I'm like, AJ Tedesco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peter Brown sandwich, jelly sandwiches by. AJ. Yeah, yeah, I made, yeah. I, I made the sandwiches. I did, yeah. I did everything. But to me, I, I thought of it as doing. This was like my film school. Right. Right. I went through it. And I learned all these things. Now I can get more into just maybe writing and directing because I can at least communicate in all these other languages. Oh, that's good. You know, like I can understand what the sound engineer is doing. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I'm not great at it, but I can at least articulate what I need. Yeah, now, it's not right? much of this mystery anymore. You you at least have dip. You know, you you yes. dove into it. Yeah, I definitely touched everything. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. That's awesome. Um, so thank you for submitting your your stuff to our our. Thanks, thanks for having me. Like festival. I said, I get. I just, you know, you know how you, you get all the rejections and you get the acceptance and it's just, you know, party time. It's just, it's such a good feeling. We love you know? unique films. Yeah. I mean, we really love unique films. And, uh, I mean, yes, we do, you know, experimental films, obviously. Um, just any unique film, especially those who are, like, where it rings of, like, this, wow, this person is very much a go-getter. Like, you could tell that they're just so um, concerned about creating the art that they want to see. 
that nothing's stopping them. They're just like, okay, you know what? There are no boundaries. It's just my own limited imagination as to how I can get this thing done. Yeah, if I had a million dollars, those videos would be different. I, I, I forced them onto the screen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> by hook or by crook, they were getting up there. Oh, yeah. Especially Color of the Chameleon, because I'm like, how can I make this happen? with all the weird stuff that I want to do and I had to learn how to do the special effects myself. Incredible. The only thing I farmed out was the stills. Like I don't have that kind of skill. Mm -hmm. So I paid a guy to do stills and they were brilliant but then I had to fill in all the cracks with a lot of other stuff and that was 100% me. Like I mean, wow. every, I, mean I did every, all the, the color correcting, the editing, the sound. Incredible. And I mean, I got down to like, I went through the sound and pulled out all the, you know, the breaths and, you know, I That's mean, like great. every little thing and was piecing together little words that I, I went, that word didn't sound right. And I'm, you know, moving around. And wow. Just, I mean, I basically would just go into a cave for like 20 hours and edit, you know, that kind of thing. But I can't, I mean, I, I was, like I said, it was my film school. You know, like I just, I felt like when I did that, by the time I did the second one, I'm like, okay, I kind of. You know, like, yeah, I want to Well, and plus, now that you know about all those other aspects, you can kind of take those into consideration as, as you know, that's kind of simmering in the back of your brain as you're creating these other projects. So, like, okay, I already know that oh, I got I the skill set of how I could get these things done. Yeah. So now at least, now you have a comfortable area, whereas before it was an uncomfortable area because you don't know anything about it. Now you're like, okay, now I kind of know what that color correction is going to Oh, you know, yeah. or how to light it beforehand to make it get a better, a different color correction effect. And I'm just not intimidated by, like, because when I said, oh, okay, I want to do color the chameleon, and I, I, I was so intimidated. 20 times I thought, I'm just going to give up, and then I crossed that line and said, F it, it's happening, whether I like it or yeah. not. And then after that, I'm like, whatever, you can do anything, right? You know, you get to, you got to get, you know, to that, pull yeah. that Band-Aid off. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And now you have that as a reference tool for the next thing, which is great. Yeah. God, it's so much fun. It's it is, so cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for yeah. coming out, by the way. Likewise. Oh, I'm, uh, by the way, you're, you're, uh, I hope it's okay. I, I, I've been podcasting the whole, uh, this, this thing. So, um, the name of my podcast, it's called Inspirato Projecto. So by the end of the day, I, I like to try to get this stuff up on the podcast, um, uh, or at least within a couple of days, because I usually stay here until nighttime, but, uh, it, it could be found on iTunes, on, uh, Spotify, all these different things. So this is a way for well people to, you know, to get to know your stuff, and and to promote you in the festival, obviously. So thanks for thanks for submitting your stuff. Yeah, likewise. I'm I'm so stoked to be here. Oh, great, man. Lights on. Oh, gotcha. So you guys, thank you uh, so much for coming out. My name is Kurt. Welcome to Kapow Intergalactic Film Festival. We're going to call it international, but we figured we want to be all-inclusive. You know, we want to make sure that if any extraterrestrials wanted to submit stuff, we'd make sure we leave that open for them. Are any of the filmmakers here for uh, Ghost Squad? That was the shortest Q&A I've ever done. Do you guys have any questions? I'll try to answer them. I didn't make the, I didn't make the movie, but I'll try to answer the questions. I would venture to, I would, well, there you go. That conducts our Q&A. <laughs> uh, if any of you guys want to take any pictures against the backdrop with, uh, you know, pretend maybe the filmmakers are there with you. This is Robert from Twin Peaks, and you're listening to Inspirado Projecto. Got a light.
Uh, I know some of you filmmakers are here. Would you like to come on down here? I want to ask you guys some of these questions. Wow, that was a good block. That was a really good block. So just so you guys know, you're also on my uh, on my podcast. So this will be this will be going up on, online, and you guys will be able to hear this. Uh, so you can promote it to your friends who weren't able to come out tonight. Nice. Hello, podcast. So you're so that you're on the Inspirato Projecto podcast here at the uh, Capau Intergalactic Film Festival. Now, you're Sergio. I'm Sergio. You directed Forever, yes. the movie we just saw. The last movie just now. Yeah. Thank you. And, and I'll let you introduce. Go ahead. Uh, I'm Joe, and I wrote it. And what movie did you work on? I did uh, Control C E. Oh, awesome! Thanks. So, uh, Sergio, so well, for, so you wrote Forever, okay? Right? Uh, yeah, I wrote Forever, and uh, Sergio and I co-produced it. And what 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 first inspired you to write that film? Well, uh, we wanted to make a, 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 a collaboration and, and um, uh, we sort of challenged each other uh, that uh, I would write it and he would direct it. And um, uh, I had an inkling of a story based on a story, an article in the LA Times which dealt with the, uh, um, uh, what happens to a person uh, in their social media after they die. And uh, that was the very seed of the idea, and we started kicking around a whole bunch of other ideas that sort of crept up and agglomerated around that main idea. How long did it take for you to write that? Um, well, that was probably the quickest part, actually. We, well, I worked on the script for a, about a month and a half, maybe, something like that. Yeah. But we went through a lot of work on it, and we also worked, uh, uh, Sergio worked extensively on the film, workshopping it with the actors, one of whom is too shy to come down, he's sitting over there. Oh, great. Excellent. Did you, were you the Alistair guy? Yes, with the glasses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you did a great job being a creepy guy without fully, like, you got little screen time, but it really made a lasting impression. I want to say that the, the acting there, it's, it's amazing because Brian is everything but what you just saw on screen, <laughs> at least as far as we know. <laughs> So, uh, so, okay, so what drew you, so you, you guys kind of workshopped on the idea for that? Uh, yeah, I mean, just to back up real quick with Joe, we, you know, we met at a film festival, yeah. you know, and that's one of the things that we, we love the connections that we made at these festivals, and, you know, we're lucky enough to get to do these things again, and we'd always said, like, we should work on something, Joe had something he was working on. I had other projects that working on, and then we just sort of eventually kind of circled back because we missed festivals. Yeah. That was one of the reasons why we're like, just make another movie so we can just do this again. <laughs> and that was kind of the impetus for the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, meet, meeting other filmmakers um, is really the most valuable thing. I don't know if you, you've felt this, the same thing, but the connections that you make here at these festivals, that can, I mean, we didn't know that we lived, we lived sort of fairly local to each other, so we had that going for us, but I don't know if you felt... So you did... You did control CE? Yeah, the, the sci-fi one that didn't have the comic book shop, the other one. Right, right, right. Yeah. So what, what inspired you for that one? Um, well, you know, dystopia is really in now, 
and uh, I was, I've just been really into uh, that genre, and I wanted to do something that was sort of like what The Matrix did, that was like smart, action-y, kind of sci-fi, and uh, yeah, that's just, I originally, originally was going to be animated, and I was reading a lot of like 70s dystopia, 70s and 80s dystopia, and that's just sort of what, what came out. Um, it's sort of like the first, like, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, or like first part of like what a feature kind of would be, but I tried to really make it self-contained, uh, like a self-contained story. So have you stretched it out into a, into a, th a feature? I mean, in my head, in, in an outline, uh, but nothing like concrete yet. Are you fascinated with AI type of technology as that's evolving now? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of scared to death of it, but I really want like one of those Teslas, you know, so I don't have to wait around in traffic and just <laughs> can like read or, you know, go on my phone in traffic. So I think now, that's its place. How'd you choose your location? Uh, well, it's a, it's a stage. Oh, so, uh, so you built that? Yeah, I originally, uh, I was going to do it in like parking garages and stuff and, and all around, but I, I talked to this really clever, um, dude. And, uh, and he convinced me to uh, do it uh, like, like they used to shoot, like he said they used to shoot Star Trek like that with the movable walls and stuff where you can kind of adjust your shapes for your sets and stuff. So we did it like that instead of locations. Maybe next time I'll do a mix of both, I don't know. Uh, but it's all part of movie magic, isn't it? Right, right, yeah, yeah. It was nice to have like dressing rooms and bathrooms like right there. So, uh -huh. so were they multiple, uh, you know, like a reversible jacket? Were there multiple things, like on the other side of the wall, you flip it around and something else? Well, there, there were only one side, but, I mean, you could change the shapes, and, uh, and then that was pretty much the gist of it. Um, you know, ceilings, and that, that could kind of move around, doors, and um, I don't want to reveal all the tricks, I guess. Yeah, don't give away all the <laughs> tricks. Now, uh, have you done other movies besides that? Yeah, I did. I've done one other short uh, that was just much, much, much simpler without uh, any effects. Uh, like it was almost like one of those uh, like Dogma '95 movies, um, without like any guns or any props or anything, um, just to like see if I could even make a movie. And so this uh, was just something because I love big effects movies. And uh, so this was uh, just sort of me like seeing what I could do with, uh, God forbid, uh, I say the word, but green screen. Uh, it, it's hard it's to say that. You know, they did it's the not. first. <laughs> well, they did, but it's uh, okay. Yeah. They used a blue screen when, when they were flying the Millennium Falcon in Star Wars, didn't they? Yeah. 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 So it's okay for them. It's okay for us. It's okay. Yes. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> so how did you cast your film? Um, what did I use? I used uh, LA casting and um, just kind of put it out there and just used the most experienced uh, actors that would work for free. Um, and uh, yeah, and I uh, that's that's basically it. Um, I, I it was really hard to find dudes actually. I was looking for like really big dudes, intimidating dudes. And I, I don't know, I ended up, all the dudes in it were like, uh, most of them were just pe people that I knew. Um, 
I, I don't know why I had trouble finding like like the casting call I use, I was just looking for like big overweight guys, and I couldn't find any. So you didn't, you didn't try hanging out at any uh, motorcycle clubs, any motorcycle bars? That would have been a good idea, um, but no, I didn't. Well, now um, you know where to go for the future ones. Yeah, for the big guys. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I just kept getting all these like really trim and well-built muscular guys, which I don't know, I was looking for like just massive um, Professional wrestlers, no, that's another idea. Yeah, maybe I just should have lied and put pro wrestlers on it or something, I don't know. Um, but Do you have other ideas for movies, cooking in that brain of yours? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Have you started up those scripts yet? Sure, yeah, I got a couple cooking. Um, you know, if anyone, no one, anyone cares, yeah, sure. Lots. Well, you sound very excited about them. Oh. <laughs> I'm excited. I just don't want to bore everyone. <laughs> I think our excitement uh, vibes out into everybody. You know, I think when people see that we're excited about stuff, I think sometimes that's that's. Contagious. Oh, you're right. You're 100 percent right. Yeah. It is excited. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I just I try and stay a little grounded. You know, with some stuff that's uh, you know pra more practical, right? You want to stay practical, <laughs> and sometimes. You know, you just go crazy. And Sometimes you just got to let the madman out of the yeah, laboratory. And use a green screen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I love it. Did you, I, got, I, got, I have got a couple questions for these guys. Uh, can you hand that to this yeah. guy? <laughs> what? So what's your name again? I'm Joe. Oh, very good. Joe, how did you guys find your casting, the, the people that you casted? Uh, actually, it was, all, I mean, it was all people that we knew. Yeah. Because... Uh, well, Joe can talk about Alana. I know, uh, again, Brian, uh, I met him at a film festival. We were at a, at a fest, I think, uh, I forget what it was, which one it was. It was uh, in, Hol in the L.A. Film School. What, what, your... Oh, yeah. So a buddy of mine, yeah. It was a buddy of mine that somebody I knew had put on a festival one-day thing, and he you know, programmed a really cool lineup. And one of the films Brian was in, and it was called Criticized, and... Uh, they were there, and afterwards they just had a lot of opportunity to just socialize and hang around and talk, and we got to talking and just sort of stayed in touch, and when it came around time to uh, start thinking about this one, and we sort of immediately thought of uh, Brian for Alistair, for, because, can I, can I talk about the universal thing? So what you, I don't know if you guys know, some of you know Brian, I think you're here, uh, friends of his, but he is, when you take the universal tour around the back lot, and you get to the psycho house, he plays, he's one of the people that plays Anthony Perkins that comes out. Fantastic. Norman <laughs> Bates. Sorry, yeah. not Anthony Perkins, Norman Bates. But he, he, is, he is there every day, hiding bodies in cars. Like 20 a day, right? It's like 20 a day. Yeah, and so, you know, was the, Alistair fell in the ballpark. Yeah. I, um, uh, when we got the three actors uh, in a room, uh, we just let them run with the characters because we, we developed a lot of backstory for it. And Brian had a really fun idea. He said to us privately that uh, before he met uh, the lady that played Ginny, uh, and, and he wanted to start stepping into the character at that time. Um, as you can see, he doesn't wear spectacles, but he wore spectacles every time he was in the room with Alana. And he was a little bit off with her. He's the warmest, loveliest fellow you could, you could meet in real life. But he was just a little bit off, not making eye contact, not being very friendly. And it set a strange vibe between <laughs> them. 
Um, and that, it was really uh, fascinating to see that. And, and the three of them workshopped their whole lives together, like when we imagined the characters, um, if you glean the little details in the story, where a Alistair is actually Michael's um, uh, roommate, but he's got a little thing for Ginny, and yeah. there's a strange relationship, the strange dynamic between Ginny and her brother. All of those things, it makes for a really kind of like messed up threes company. And we, we sort of like workshop that stuff, and uh, and we, we even workshop the, the, the drive before the opening scene where he's taking her back from the, uh, uh, the funeral. Um, and it was all really valuable, because when you work on a short film, you have to gather all your resources and make it all happen in a very small fragment of a second to give a, an impression of a larger world. Like when you mm -hmm, were building mm -hmm. your sci-fi movie, you were building an entire civilization with that beyond, beyond the walls. And, and we, you do that, any filmmaker does that, but it was really fun to see that and just to kind of throw out, as the writer, throw out those ideas and... Sergio kind of took it and ran with it and started bouncing it off the off, off our three actors. It was a very creative period. You know, it's interesting. Could you hand the microphone to him, yeah. please? You just said something, uh, something I was going to ask you about. Now, well, now with your... Thank, thank you. Thank you. So now, uh, with that world that lies outside of... Like, did you have that in your brain as to what that world is, is like? Uh, yeah, I had a couple... Uh, different things so the CE stands for like common era so that's like the time period so that obviously means like it's now so that kind of gives you an idea of what is outside but then again it doesn't um, but I don't know you know I guess we'll have to wait I, or something I like. had an idea about your movie I oh. thought we were gonna see when they run out into the corridor, spoiler, and you see the 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 the, the, uh, the clouds above, I thought we were going to see at the end that they were like rats in a some sort of a little trap, like, like sort of a lab experiment. Well, they've. I mean, yeah, that's they basically are like, like rats in a in a in a, in a, in a that's essentially what it is. Yeah. They're they are rats like trapped in there, and they, they don't they don't get their their cheese in the end, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I mean, it, there's a lot of small details in the movie. If you look at their ID badges, there's actually, like, a map of the uh, environment. I, like, drew a map, and they're, like, actually running through it. Um, but you, you'd have to, like, watch it and pause it and, and to see. Um, so you had little Easter eggs in there. Yeah, yeah. It goes along with what you were saying, like, the way that you guys were talking about how you already, you, you, you built up the, the conversation with them in the car, you had, you figured out the relationships between these guys, and it's intriguing how all the stuff that you don't talk about, it's still, like, we still get remnants of that within the film, in yeah. a weird way, and we don't, we don't really have a handle on what really that is, but we know that that is there. There was a process of our original cut. So what we have now is 12 minutes, 57 seconds. But the original cut was more than a half an hour long, which we knew was never going to be the final. But there were a lot of, you know, we shot a lot of uh, things that I think we even knew that we weren't going to do. Like a conversation in the car, if you were to actually edit that whole thing together, would probably be longer than the film itself. So it was just a matter of picking out what exactly we needed. But all of that moment... But we needed the actors to get to those emotional moments. So we had them just play the scenario all the way through. And you know, and, and we decided not to make it a 
plot point. Like we didn't want their dialogue to actually come through except for those few moments where you hear Jamie talking, saying sorry, because that's that's all we wanted. Mm. You know, and, and and it was a long scene, but it was but we knew really that we were never gonna use it all. And then in the process of making the film, you know, it was one of those films that really you know people say like film is made and you know, it, it's written once, you write it, it's, it's made once. You, you produce it, you shoot it, it's made again. When you edit it, it's remade a whole new time. That really holds true here, where we saw the film going in a certain direction. Originally, it was supposed to be very much a noir story, very black and white monochromatic. We were gonna go, and we'd even, I think, bounce around the idea of doing black and white. Uh, and then at one point, driven by that uh, chandelier that's in Jimmy's apartment, that blue sort of clamshell chandelier that came down. We were looking, we, you know, we're looking at it, the edit, at the edit, and we keep seeing it very being, being a very striking central figure in the in the apartment. And we were, we were looking at this in such a blue, and you know, we immediately hit on that idea that like I, what we what I believe we have in the first ninety percent of the movie is actually a Jalo film. It's very much a Baba inspired story with modern sensibilities. So let's push it there. And so there were scenes, there were dialogue sequences and scenes that we, uh, knowing that we wanted to go into that realm, the Giallo realm, we could lose and replace with something much more uh, impressionistic. You know, the, the pictures, the, the whole sequence with the photos and the photo nightmare never existed in the script and never existed in the first draft. We, you know, it's, it's sort of something that we then took, we had all this footage, we were able to manipulate the things we had to create this scene that replaced something that was already there. Yeah, we, well, we, when we were, we, we had to make a lot of props. Uh, Sergio kind of let me go for a second unit director and I, and I, and I went out uh, to sort of re have the actors enact their lives together. So we needed all that weird photography. Some of it very sweet, some of it a little kind of not quite innocent and I'm not gonna say too much more about that. But uh, we had so many pictures we, wanted, we knew we wanted to have them just like an, an, an orgy of imagery across the bed when she, when, when she sees them to get the idea of this obsessive relationship she had with her brother. That, um, that actually spoke to us. It's like, look at all this great stuff we've got here. We, and it was a, lot, a real depth of character, like physically. I think, I don't know, we got maybe like a thousand uh, Instagram pictures we, we printed out. And um, uh, it was a, a real rich uh, depth of material there. That's awesome. Can you uh, pass it to him real quick? What is your name, by the way? I'm Chad. Chad. I'm Kurt. Nice to meet you. Kurt, nice to meet you. So uh, do, if there was a genre that you wanted to work in, what, what, what would it be uh, that maybe you haven't explored yet? You, you guys mentioned film noir. Did you? Mm -hmm. or, yeah, uh, that, that would be it. Maybe like a sort of, like a... I'm not copying you. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not unless, copying unless you. I'm not copying you, in which case I am. Uh, like when you see floating pictures, that has nothing to do uh, with the I film you just saw. Years. I would not do that. I promise. Um, uh, uh, like a, maybe a uh, like a supernatural kind of film noir thing. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. What about westerns? <sighs> I, I no. Sorry. <laughs> You never know, do you? Never know. No, I mean, it's like, I wouldn't, I like, you know, who doesn't like the man with no name, right? But like, I don't know. I don't want to say no, but like, I just haven't seen a Western in like 20 years that uh, hasn't 
wowed me. I don't know. I don't want to say that out loud, but I did. So, uh, there's something that you guys were talking about about with the networking, how you guys had met each other at, at a film festival. I think it's awesome that you know all of all of you have come out here for this common goal, whether you submitted films or whether you're out here to support these folks. Um, it doesn't hurt just to turn to the person sitting next to you in the seat and go, "Hey, you know, what is one of these films yours, or are you got a, do you have a film in the works?" Because you just have no idea, right in the future, how the heck it's all going to work out. You just named all these examples of how you guys met each other in these various circumstances and you worked with each other, and you just keep that inspiration flowing and before you know it you got tons of movies under your belt do do you uh do you network a lot at film festivals i'm, so, I'm sorry do you network a lot at film festivals i am horrible at networking i'm so i don't even like it's embarrassing i'm just bad at it i mean i'm here alone like <laughs> no i mean my it was it was uh like my my casting crew, like they 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 support the film and stuff. Uh, they just couldn't make it out. I, I've been bugging them too much, I guess. I don't know, but um, but bullying them? No, uh, bugging. Oh, bugging them. Yes. Bugging them. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no bullying. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Does anyone have any questions out there, out there in yonder? Yes. How'd you get all those pictures? Was it? Did you guys take it, or was it already like from their casting? You know, there were two photos that were manipulated where we actually went in. The, the photos which she's taking uh, her hair clip off and she puts it down on that long line of photos that's on her dresser. Oh, that one, yeah. There's there's one with the two kids the representing their, her and, and her brother. Those we actually photo. They're not even... Are they them? They're not them. Are they like um, Google images? Well, I don't want to talk too much about it, but uh, it, uh, it, we... The characters have an, um, Ginny uh, and uh, Alistair refer to each other as bee and bear, so that uh, we need we we needed a little bee and uh, and a bear. And um, you can you can find um, uh, generic um, bee and bear costumes if you look hard enough, but it takes a little bit of movie magic to put them together, and that's all I'll say about that. And to Joe's credit. The, all the other photos, everything else that we had, there were several, he mentioned a bit earlier, there were several scenarios that we, in the sort of rehearsal and workshopping of the film, that we went out to, uh, and actually, I was not present in a lot of them, because I didn't want to be. I didn't want the, the actors to feel like they needed to perform or do anything. So Joe would organize these outings for Lana and Matt, who the plays movie, Mikey. Yeah, yeah they, they, re, they would actually go to a dinner and have dinner, and Joe would kind of just be there and take pictures, and sometimes he would give them the camera to take pictures, and sometimes he would just sort of be a fly on the wall. It was embarrassing sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you, and, and I, I was there for one of them, the, the, the pool, so yeah. in our apartment, where my wife was right there, uh, we lived in this apartment in Toluca Lake, and they had a pool, and in, in, they had an outing where they were having a like, pool day, and uh, that was our place, and so I was there for that, and that was the only one, I think. Yeah. Because uh, I really just wanted them to be free to explore, and they were in character when they were doing these photo shoots. Yeah. And I just wanted them to explore that and sort of 
report back to me was, was, was what needed. Yeah, I, um, I, Sergio had this wonderful camera that we would, I don't remember we used the, the 5D in the, in the shooting, I can't remember. No, it was shot on, this whole yeah. thing was shot on like the, the Canon 5D back when it was popular and cool. Yeah. But I had this little uh, snappy camera, as I used to call it, about the size of a packet of cigarettes. And um, it was kind of grainy and, and low res. And um, it was sort of appalling that I was using that for anything creative. But I literally put it in the hands of the actors. And they did some very sort of um, uh, impressionistic things. Uh, and we got some incredible, like, weird sort of, like, uh, like Sura paintings, where they just... We, waving the camera around and you've got these weird motion blurs and everything. And, and some of the imagery we got out of it was really beautiful. We've got an Instagram for the movie, which, um, uh, what are we, Forever Movie? Is for, for, yeah, forever, forever. At Forever Movie. And we've been putting up a lot of Ginny's um, uh, secret pictures there, trying to be a bit, I don't want to tip our hand too much, but because some of the stuff the actors shot of just messing around with the camera... It turned out to be really wonderful. It's sort of improvisational uh, uh, pictures that um, uh, and it, um, got some. Really, that's where the, the pictures came from. The actors, really. Chris, do you know what time? What time's the next block? Is it uh, nine thirty. Oh God. Okay. So we have ten. Okay. So we should probably conclude this Q and A. You guys, thank you so much for coming out. And we have this wonderful wall here. You guys take photos against the wall if you like. Thank you guys for participating. Thanks a lot, dude. Yeah, I appreciate Thank you. it. Yeah, that was an awesome. It was great vlog. that you guys were. Have you have you uh, seen your stuff on, uh, up on the screen before? Yeah, yeah, I have. I have. This is a great theater, though. Yeah, yeah we got we're really fortunate to to be in this, this is theater. An amazing theater. Like, it's like, it's so cool because, it's just like, I don't know. They've been so nice to us and so accommodating mm -hmm. and. That makes a huge difference so in the vibe. Were, of, this is the official theater for the whole festival. So you guys were saying yep. you, you got one dedicated screen. Which is oh, cool. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's very nice. intimate, but the screen's very large and the sound's very good. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really important. You need to feel it and yeah. see it. Like, mm. Oh, yeah. Because we're all like, on this computer screen when we're making a movie. Yeah. Mm. You know, yeah. like, no, that we need to have it here. That's why you do it. Uh, make yeah. pictures for, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's take for you know, the movie's about to play, but it... Can Sounds turn it great. Off like this? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm Chad. Ernie, nice to meet you. Ernie, nice to meet you. Cool, cool. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you, dude. Greetings, folks. Sources say that humans love meat and humans love clowns. So therefore, a combination of meat and clowns makes for an ideal mascot for basically anything under the sun. That's why our ever-present, almighty, dear, charismatic leader has authorized us to invoke the power of the meat clown to hawk some cheap product to you. And when we say cheap, we mean cheap. $30 will get you 100 one-inch buttons. That's right, button products, folks. The kind you put on your shirt to advertise your band, your brand, or your art. But that's not all. We also have 1.25-inch button products at $40 per 100. And let me tell you, that quarter of an inch makes a huge difference. And of course, there is a uh, big, lovable three-inch buttons. We have a hundred of those for only $70. Oh goodness, deals, deals, deals. Buy now, buy now, buy now. We advertise this as urgent to catch your attention, but the reality of it is you can order anytime from www.meatclownbuttons.bigcartel.com. It's Meat Clown approved.
Okay, can I please have uh, any of the filmmakers and or actors or um, anyone involved with any of the productions we just saw on screen, could you, uh, if you feel up to it, would you like to come up here and let people know the process of what you went through to make this stuff? So, uh, what is your name, sir? I'm Brett Pugliese. And uh, what, what, what did you work on? I had the Furco Fallback music <laughs> video. Oh, very good, very good, very good. You also have another movie uh, out here, don't you? Yeah, uh, Down to Earth played at the Comedy Block on Friday night. So, what, what was your inspiration behind making that, that music video? So, my friend, he wrote the song about like a year ago, and it was, he had someone else shoot it for him, but it wasn't the right location. And he didn't want to release the video he had before, so I told him I really liked the song, and he wanted to do another one on the cruise. We actually took a cruise to Bermuda, and I was telling him this is the perfect opportunity to get the footage, and it's going to be beautiful. We have to shoot, and it kind of turned into half vacation, half business trip. And I just like, you know, went out. Just I went so hard, and we shot like six days out of the seven days, and we met the actress on the cruise ship. She just became one of our new friends, and I met like a lot of new people along the way, and it was just. It was fun. It was, it was like the I don't know. It was it was business, but it was really just a lot of fun. It's cool how those magical circumstances just come about, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just notice that when you follow your heart, very interesting things kind of develop, don't they? Exactly. Um, I'm trying to think of something else in production that happens. How long did it take for you to edit that? Um, I spent probably over 24 hours editing. I mean, I was editing on Premiere, and then I used DaVinci to color grade it. Um, and I went to the studio, because I go to Pratt, and they had like some editing suites. So I spent some time signing out the studio to go back and like edit it. And he really wanted to release it um, like pretty soon. So I, I kind of like, I don't know, I spent like a lot of time on it. And I, knew I have to work on thesis, but I don't know, this project is really important to me, so I put in a lot of work. So you edited it basically in a day? <laughs> Um, I'd say around a day, maybe a little more, because color grading was like extra work that I had put in. Um, yeah. I've noticed that's one of the best things about filmmaking. When you don't have a high budget, you, your creativity really expands, doesn't it? That's true. We had to come up with some inventive ways. And I just had, um, you know, DSLR, and I shot it with like a hand rig. Um, because I couldn't bring like all the equipment I had on this cruise ship. I had to like, you know, put it in two bags and really just rely on, you know, the acting and just what kind of, like, quick shots we can make happen. And I'm, I'm glad that we got, it's not like a lot of long takes. There's only a few shots that last, like, more than five seconds. Uh, could you pass the mic to that guy? I got a couple questions for him. Now, sir, what did, what did you work on? We met earlier, but these people might not know who you are. Color of the Chameleon. Is that working? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, we can hear you. So you did Color of the Chameleon? Yeah. And then how long did it take for you to make that? It's tough, to, um, you know, because I didn't do it all at once, so I don't know. Just talk a little more in uh, front. A two-month process, probably. It took you two months to put that together? Probably, yeah. Um, how long did it take for people to put the art in there? So, um, you know, I found this amazing guy in Craigslist that did the stills. And, you know, basically it was, he was doing like a, basically a frame a day for, I don't know, a couple weeks. 
we used all but two of the ones that he did. Where did the, the original uh, inspiration come from? So it was a short story I wrote about, I don't know, 10 years ago. And it was really about the difference between basically being sentient and not being sentient. And the trade-offs between getting up every morning not knowing what the heck to do and the billions of questions we have as opposed to just waking up in the morning and going, <clears throat> you know, I'm food or I'm, I'm going to eat something. <laughs> <laughs> right? Those are your two choices, and that was really what the coyote and the rabbit thing was about, was predator and prey and how simple that is versus what we have to deal with. It's really cool that you had the courage to follow through with creating your vision. Um, yeah, I had to will it onto the screen because I didn't have the money to fully animate it. I, I, my original intention was to animate it, and then I looked in, it was like $20,000 a minute or something, and I go, yeah, I'm going to have to do something else. <laughs> We were talking out there in the hallway about how when you, uh, when you have a passion and you just decide to create the art that you want to see in the world, we've heard that many times, create the art that you want to see out there in the world, not just trying to recreate something else that you've seen or trying to follow some sort of formula, but just kind of letting it kind of evolve through you and just trusting it, and it just kind of leads you there, doesn't it? Yeah, it was piece after piece. I just, it just kind of happened. Um, yeah, I just had idea after idea, and then at the end of it, it you know, I was pretty happy with the way it came out. That's cool. Can you pass the mic yeah. on to this fellow? So you you uh, you did which movie did you do? Uh, before Jellyfish. And you flew all the way out from Paris, didn't you? Yes. That's fantastic. All the way from Paris. We've met some extraordinary people. My English is not very well. Oh, that's okay. Go ahead. Just hold that a little closer to your to your mouth. Right. And so where did where did this idea come from? It's uh, a beginning. It was um, I was at uh, the sea. And uh, I saw a lot of jellyfish. And after, it was uh, a dream that I had. And it was a, a, a very poor guy who was digging in. He was digging in the in the mud, and uh, he dreamed this nebula. It transformed uh, the the jellyfish in, uh, in this nebula. And after. I thought it's a uh, it's uh, a good thing to to make the the short film. Pull a little closer, yeah, yeah. And uh, I worked um, six months because I'm working. <coughs> um, it's it was not uh, the only project. I'm working uh, three uh, three projects in same time, but uh, it's very different. So you have three. You had three different projects. Are the what? What's the status of the other two projects? Are, you, are finished now. Oh, they're finished. Uh, yes, yes. And what? What are those? Are you okay to talk about those two? Yes. And another is. Um, it's uh, this. The name is Lights Memory, and I'll present it in Paris at the White Night uh, in uh, fifth days. And uh, another, it's uh, Z Dream. It's uh, it's inspired par, uh, by a um, novel of a uh, writer, and uh, it's a fantastic uh, novel. And but I transformed it uh, at my uh, in my head. It's, it's my vision of this novel, and the, the, this last film. It was selected in uh, two festivals in New York uh, in uh, three weeks, but I cannot uh, go because I, I, I do go in Paris. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming out here and deciding uh, to, to, to... So this is the first time it's, you've seen it on the big screen? Yes. yes. Were you pretty pleased with seeing uh, how the vision yes, came yes. out and hearing the sounds and everything? Well, yes. It's, it's very interesting to see it in uh, big, but I have... Um, 
some ideas to transform it uh, a little. <laughs> because I'm working, um, for me, it's not finished, the film. It's, uh, it's alive and uh, he can be transformed. But it's difficult for the festivals because uh, I have, uh, uh, for one festival, uh, I have I send a film, but uh, one week after I transform it and it was not the same. Uh, well, it was the same, but uh, a little different. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> well, can you pass that on to this yes. fellow? I'm going to ask him a couple questions. So what, what, movie, uh, what movie do you work on? Um, I made Portal Fuel. Oh, that's great. Oh, my God. You're the dude in Portal Field. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. So do you have a twin brother, or were you acting uh, against no, yourself? No, uh, I used a body double of somebody who, Incredible. thankfully, was the same height and coloring, and we just, you know, there's one tiny moment if you pause that I think you can tell it's not me, but other than that, we just kind of got lucky he didn't turn his head. You did a great job playing two different personalities. Thank you. Um, appreciate it. Um, I guess... One thing I would mention is the origin of it kind of came from uh, the uh, military suit that I wear, and that is actually my <laughs> grandfather's World War II um, uniform. And so I kind of had this idea of um, having two people on different timelines kind of meeting and what that would be like. And then I remembered that I had this sitting in my parents' closet. Um, so I went home and tried it on, and like I didn't tailor it. I didn't do anything. It was literally like fit like a glove. And I was That's like, awesome. Okay, Plus you really had your cool. grandfather's spirit with you on set. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's fantastic that you, sh this is one of those examples of showing without telling. Like you're not really giving any sort of actual context of what's going on. You're, you're leaving little pieces, little, it's a mystery for the audience to try to figure out what the heck's going on. Totally. Um, I look at it as kind of the opening scene of a larger piece. And so for that, I kind of gave myself the freedom to not try to have a traditional just beginning, middle, end structure to it. Um, and yeah, make it mostly about the intrigue and trying to get people, make it a hook. Because as it unfolds, we learn little bits little bits and pieces more and more. Yeah. Yet it never actually truly gives us the answer, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Like, right? I, I We're feel getting like little questions answered, but just not the question answered. I feel like when films, like the answer is always a little disappointing. <laughs> so I mean, I feel like the less that you give is yeah. in keeping people intrigued and keeping people engaged and not totally confused, because that's always a fine line. I mean, my personal preference is sometimes going like way past that line and people are like, what the hell's happening? But um, yeah, so trying to find that balance was uh, a fun challenge. Now, those, uh, those drone shots, was that a CGI little person out there? Or was oh, that no, that's, that's me hiking. Um, yeah, that was just, uh, we, the DP was up on the hill behind me and we were communicating through walkies. And so I was just kind of out hiking around. It was like two or three feet of snow drift that I kept falling through. Only thing that I was seeing around me was bear tracks. Uh, so Whoa. <laughs> so it was a fun, like, 45 minutes of the shoot. Oh, yeah, it added, added an unseen tension to the scene, right? Yeah. Like, when's yeah. there, if, you know, there might be a bear hiding out there. <laughs> yeah, I think you see that in my performance, yeah. <laughs> like, let's shoot the scene quick, yeah. man. <laughs> exactly. That's good, that's good, man. Well, thank um, you for that. Thank you so much for having me. I'm going yeah. to get a microphone over this guy. I was just inspired by another question. Oh, by the way, do any of you guys have questions? Do any, of you, do any of you guys have questions for, for any of these guys up on stage? No? Do any of you filmmakers have uh, films here in this festival that we're going to see later? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Which one did you work on again? Uh, I'm the VP and producer of Rockstar. Oh, yes, Rockstar. Did we show that one yet? No, that's on um, Thursday, right before the award ceremony. Oh, very good, very good. Um, so what, what other projects have you worked on? Um... As in short films, why? 
Yeah. Like was wow. was that your was the music video your first thing you worked on or was uh... so this summer was the first time I worked on music videos at all. I did a um, the first one I finished um, was called Molly and the artist was Mike Waite and after that I started shooting for my other friend Eamon, who um, also features Furco in his music video and I shot I started shooting his first but I didn't finish editing his yet and then I shot um, the fallback video on the cruise and I worked on that one. Um, just like I had that, I wanted to get that one done first, so I set myself a goal that I finished that one, and I started doing some freelance work over the summer, so I was getting bogged down, um, and the last short film I made was Down to Earth, the one that uh, screened on Friday, and now I'm working on my thesis film, which is still in pre-production, but um, a couple short films I made before Down to Earth were Diablo and The Whip, and I had those online free on Vimeo, um, Vimeo.com, B-Pugs film, and yeah, I just, I really loved making the music videos and I'd never done it before. It was just really exciting to try to tell a story in a new way and not have dialogue and, and just work with the artists that I've been friends with for years. So if I heard you correctly, you're still in college while you're making this stuff? Yes, I'm gonna be a senior, I'm a senior right now for my, um, my fall semester at Pratt Institute. So I go to school in Brooklyn and I'll be graduating at the end of spring. I think it's fantastic that you're not waiting until you graduate to get something done. Like, you, the, inspirato, the inspiration is just striking, and you're just going with it. Yeah, I'm really trying to push myself, because I know when I graduate, I want to have a lot of stuff to, to show and have people, you know, appreciate my work for what, what it really is, and it's just the love that I've poured into it. And I've been writing a feature film. It's about 110 pages right now. I just have to find some time to do that on top of the thesis, and my other assignments, because I'm trying to make a fashion film next to. Um, I've never made a fashion film before, so we'll see how that goes. By fashion film, what, what do you mean by that? I'm taking a class called um, Film and Fashion, and our final assignment is just to make a fashion film. And I can kind of go with whatever concept I wanted to, but I wanted to connect it to my thesis and have the main character, um, he like struggles with anger issues, and I want to have him go through like a, a transition where he's like trying to release his anger throughout the film. and. I haven't written the script yet, so that's going to clear up the story part of it. It's really just kind of a concept right now. And um, I'm really excited to cast for it. And I think casting is one of my favorite parts of the whole filmmaking process because I think the acting is something I really emphasize. And I encourage improv in my short films um, all the way. Improv's the best. It comes from an honest place. Yes, yeah, and aspect. Exactly. It's, it's really a lot more believable, and the conversation flows more when... You're just, you know, yes and, and then it just goes back and forth between the actors. It's natural, like, it's almost real. Now you're saying for the casting, do you, uh, how do you do casting at your college? Is there, like, a, some special bulletin board you hang it up on, or do you put the word out through the teachers? How does that work? Um, sometimes if I'm looking for an actor desperately, I'll ask around for friends, but usually I would either use someone I know, or I've used backstage before, and it's kind of like a, um, it's not free, really. You can, like, find people on it, but... Um, Pratt gives you like a, a little code that you can put in to like post things and you can have people um, submit for like your project. I don't know, you, you put like um, a synopsis up and people will get interested in it and then you can have them come audition for it. So backstage is really helpful, I think. And um, I'm actually, I want, I mean, I was in Down to Earth. I really want to be an actor. That's kind of my main pursuit in filmmaking, um, aside from writing, because writing is really creative too. Well, that's the best thing. You just put yourself in your own films, right? No, nobody's controlling your destiny except yeah. you that way. Exactly, and I have to. It's kind of complicated when you're directing as well because you, 
you want to focus on your character, and you also have to focus on the other characters. So it's it's complicated. Now, I, it really helps out when you have a DP that knows your script well and that you can plan before. And um, yeah, I really hope that I can continue to be in my own films. And I don't know. I usually give myself a smaller role just because it's easier to, to like manage it. But um, I'd love to be in a film someday where I don't direct it, where I'm just there to perform, and where I can have someone else, you know, guide me or help me out. And yeah, I really just want to, um, yeah, continue to act. But I got to move out to LA first. So it's my first time I've been in California actually this weekend. Well, thank you for coming out to California. That's really cool. Yeah, thank you. I'm Can so you glad to be here. Can you hand that to him? I just ha I have a question for him. So how did you get the casting done for your movie? I asked my daughter if she had any friends. <laughs> so the, what accelerated the timeline on this, I originally was just going to do this for YouTube. And then my daughter's like, no, you should put it in film festivals. So there was one with a deadline coming up in two weeks. And I had everything done except the, the narration and the part with the, the, the guy, and it was actually my daughter's boyfriend, <laughs> that's like the elder in the, in the thing. It's called and, the cartoon effect yeah, on there. That, yeah. that kind of, yeah, so that, it's almost CGI-ish. Well, it's called an abstraction in, in, when you do it in editing software, where you basically just you turn, you turn it into animation. Um, so we just had to go this insane thing, and, and I had other people cast for it, and they, but they couldn't do it till later on. So I just pulled other people in and just said, you know, read these lines. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I was just friends of my daughter's. How many other films have you worked on? So I had the Stay video, which played yesterday, which is a music video, and I've done other shorts. But what I, the reason I wasn't going to do this for film festivals is I want to make a feature film, but everybody told me you got to make short films first. Mm. Right, so I just was going to make, I, I already planned out a series of short films that was made kind of like my film school, because I, I got a day job and I can't, <laughs> can't go, to, go to film school. So this is really, that's what this has all been, is, is, is film school for me, basically. Which is also admirable. You know, a lot of people use their, their jobs or their families as an excuse as to why they're not following their passions instead of going, hey, what do I have in my environment? Oh, I got a son and a daughter. Well, why don't we make a movie with those two? Or... Uh, Geez, even if you got a job, it's like, hey, can I use the office? Yeah, if you got nights and weekends, you know, you got you got time. And that's basically what I did nights and weekends for <laughs> a long time. Can you uh, please hand this over to him? I'm going to ask him one question, then we're going to skedaddle out of here. How many films have you made? Uh, five. You've five made shorts. five? Yes. What, um, so when you made that first film, what, what inspired you to make the, the very first film you did? Did you go to college to learn it, or did you just kind of teach yourself? I, I uh, studied the fine arts. And I'm uh, I'm a sculptor, also. Don't see, it was an installation, and uh, it it was not enough for me. And I wanted to to make uh, much, and uh, I uh, meet uh, a guy, um, he, an editor, um, image editor, and sound editor, and uh, I. Um, started to work with him and it was fantastic and I um, I realized that uh, what I made before sculpture or drawings it was very very limited and now I was uh, free to make uh, everything I want because I had sound image uh, words uh, everything and uh, 
it, it, it was the beginning. But I never thought that I, I was beginning to make uh, films. And after I, I finished the first, and uh, this one was uh, the, the second. But the others were, was, uh, is, are very different. And it's, uh, I, I think it's fantastic, but I, I, I do not want to make a feature. I like very much Bill Viola oh, and uh, this uh, school of, uh, it's more contemporary art, uh, not video, because video I do not like very much, but short uh, uh, contemporary, it's very interesting for me. Excellent, well you guys, thank you so much for coming out. We have, oh yes, oh you got a question. Yes. Um, so my question is, is this, is all of your work um, experimental, like all of your film work so far, has it been experimental? Because you clearly have a grasp of rhythm and imagery, and like it has a really beautiful hypnotic uh, quality to it. And so I'm just, I'm just curious if, if this is kind of the form that you are kind of going with. Yes, it's... The, it's this uh, idea because what I make it's very personal, um, and uh, I try not to see um, shorts on YouTube. YouTube, mm. or uh, I see shorts only in festivals because I like. And uh, I, when we are coming here, you are seeing. But I uh, try to to keep uh, my personal. Um, situation in in the shorts and not to be influenced by by the others because in uh, in sculpture or in drawing in uh, when i make my studies well, you can be uh, um, influenced mm. by mm -hmm. many things uh, um, i do not say in english uh, Oh, it's, it's Do you just not want? Are you worried about like being blamed of copying off of someone else, or is that why you don't watch other movies? No, 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 no. This, but when you are seeing a lot of things uh, involuntary, you can um, um, make uh, things like the others. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, for me, it's very uh, personal and interior. And I, I, I want to keep this uh, like this. And after I'm not very interesting for the result, it's, uh, if it's a success, well, uh, I'll make it. And after, uh, it's, it's So you're like just this. more excited about just creating your vision that's coming to you? Uh, 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 excuse me? Are you just more excited about the idea of bringing your, your imagination into, into film? Yes, yes. It's, uh, it's, uh, I, I try. To, 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 to translate the ideas in uh, image and sound and uh, words. Uh, because the others, uh, uh, I have dialogues uh, and uh, a lot of other things. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to ask him one more question. Yeah, we're gonna, everybody can come over here and take some photos if they like. Do you have uh, other projects in the works that you're doing right now? 
Um, yeah, so I um, also pursue acting in, as outside of my own work, uh, but that's definitely the easiest way to get yourself in things. Um, so I have a, a feature that I'm writing um, that we're sending out in the next week or two. So um, yeah, just kind of hopeful for that. But other than that, um, there's a larger project within Portal Fuel that's um, kind of always been in the works. And so it's kind of like staying the course on that. Um, but yeah, so a little bit. That's cool, man. Well, congratulations. Congratulations to all you guys, all you guys who created your, the art that you want to see out there in the world. You did a great job, and it was really cool to see it projected up on the screen. And thank all of you guys for coming out and supporting these guys. That was so cool. So we got the backdrop here. I'm going to see if they can turn on the lights a little bit lighter for us. i got to get to my flight. you got to get to your flight? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Where are you going? Home. You're going back home? Oh my God, man, that is so cool. It was a pleasure meeting you. Thank you so much. That's for how cool me. you came out here. Good to meet you. Here's your fun fact the blinking light at the top of the Capitol Records Tower spells out the word Hollywood in Morse code, and it has done so since the building's opening in 1956. Stay tuned to Inspirato Projecto for more fun facts.